0: I just want to jump on here today to make a special bonus piece of content on the thing that I know 100% is holding the most people back from making more wealth in their life and hence having more freedom because that is the whole point of having more money. You can endlessly chase figures on the screen. There can be no ultimate upper limit to how many numbers you can have coming into your business or your bank account every single year. There has to be a limit at some point. The real purpose is to get Enough money in sufficient quantities to have more freedom and spend less time working. Or if that's not your goal, that's also fine. But here's the thing. If you ask most people how does their current life compare to the life that they would ideally have, they'll usually say something along the lines of, I work five days a week, but what I'd like to do is work four days a week or three days a week or two days a week. So when you ask most people why they don't do that, what most of them will say is because... I need the money because I need the money. So if you earn 500,000 pounds in five days a week, let's say you're doing extremely well as a dentist, right? (sighs) And let's say that you want, that you're now able to earn 700,000 pounds in five days a week. Then what that means is you can drop a day and you can have more time off. So actually, in essence, 99% of the time, more money and earning more wealth has an immediate use case in our life, which is we can use it to buy back some of our freedom. What is the main thing that holds people back from being able to generate more money? In my opinion, a huge part of it is mindset. Mindset. Is something that I used to think was the biggest load of mumbo-jumbo. I really didn't believe in it. I didn't really think it was a word. And now I'm sat here on a podcast called Money Mindset for dentists, potentially. I haven't decided fully what the name is going to be yet, but Mindset and Money is going to be in the title And I'm sat here making a podcast about it and I talk about it all the time on Dentists Who Invest. It's the greatest hidden secret of being able to unlock more money in your life. And like I say, earning more money has a purpose for every single person, for most people, because what it means is that you can stop living the life that you currently have and begin to live the life that you want if there's a gap between those two things and for lots of you you might say well actually i'm happy on five days a week i'm more happy on three days a week whatever all i'm saying is that if someone gave you 50 million pounds tomorrow and then your life didn't change you didn't want your life to change at all even if you had that 50 million pounds Then you're one of those people who actually money makes having more money makes no difference to you. However, if someone gave you 50 million pounds tomorrow and you said, actually, then I quit my job or I'd work less days, then you are someone who, when you earn more money, you'll be able to have more freedom in your life today. Boom. And that's the best question to ask yourself. And anybody listening to this podcast, this content should 100% ask themselves that question. And if the answer is yes, which I suspect it might be for most people because life would change when we had 15 million pounds, then what it would mean is that actually earning more money helps us. And I get it that we mightn't be the case that we can go from earning whatever we're earning to 15 million pounds. But every single pound towards that ultimate end goal of having 50 million pounds a year in your bank account is progress, is a step in the right direction. How do we get there, right? And actually we don't need that much more money because if we're in a hundred grand a year on five days a week, if we could earn a hundred grand a year on four days a week, then what it means is that we're able to have an extra day a week of freedom every single week for the rest of our lives, right? And that's why earning more can help us. And what am I just describing in a nutshell? I'm basically just describing mindset. These are the things that you can use to view the world from a different perspective. It's the same world, You just see the world in a different way. And what have I just done? I've hopefully changed some mindsets to people who who are listening to this podcast. The mindset that you have is the pair of glasses that you put on to view the world. Same world, different pair of glasses. And that's what we've done. And these are some of the greatest things that I ever learned. On that journey to shift my pair of glasses, to shift my perspective, you know, there's a book that I love that I often talk about on the Dentistry Invest podcast, and it is called The Almanac of Naval Ravikant, and there was one part in there that completely shifted my perspective forever, and he said that in his opinion, that when you have the skills or abilities to make money, even if you went to another country where you didn't speak the language and you were flat broke and you lost everything, that you could become a millionaire, you could become wealthy again in four to five years, because you now have the skills of the person who's able to create wealth, right? So when we focus on giving ourselves the skills of that individual, then what it means is that we're able to become the person who's able to create more wealth in our life and hence use that knowledge to generate freedom. That's the real ROI on this stuff. That's the real ROI on working on your mindset. What's the difference between the person that Naval described and the majority of us is how far their mindset has been developed and that's what we're going to talk about today in this podcast and we mightn't get the whole way, whole way there but we might get some of the way there we'll definitely get some of the way there and that's progress massive progress and contained herein are some of the best things that started to develop my mindset massively they got me to see things in different ways so first thing i'm going to teach everybody on this podcast today is we're going to talk about the concept of creating wealth versus building wealth. Now, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I'm going to cover it again because it's such a valuable lesson. Let's imagine a sphere floating in front of our head. In that sphere, it's hovering there, right there. And inside that sphere is everything that human beings have ever known, currently know, once knew and forgot, or ever will know. Four things about the subject of wealth so the total knowledge that anybody can ever have and ever will have is contained within this side, inside this sphere so here's the thing that sphere it actually has two halves there's two hemispheres to the subject of wealth only two and that's the whole thing remember this is all encompassing the first half of the sphere is called build wealth and the second half is called create wealth Now, what the heck do I mean by that? Let's talk about build wealth first. So building wealth, we build our wealth just like how we build a house. And that is to say we build it brick by brick by brick by brick. And what happens is when we stack enough bricks and we put a roof on top, and we put some windows in and a door and some rooms and whatever else we need, we've got a house. That house offers us security. In this case, it's financial security. So we can live out the rest of our days and not have to think about what's outside because we're safe. But what do I mean by that? What I mean is that we've invested our money segment piece by piece by piece, segment by segment by segment, effectively, as in brick by brick by brick, just like the house. And then at the end of it, we've got so much money that we can live off it. The whole premise of being able to do that is that we use the capital markets like stocks, or we use property, or whatever the heck we use. It doesn't actually matter at this point. We're investing the money. We're doing it in a hands-off way, so we don't have to touch it. And that money is growing, number one, by our contributions, by how much, how fast we're building the house. And also, number two, by, by, by the premise or principle that that money is now growing in value when we invest correctly. And those two effects combine with each other so that our capital grows to such a level that we can now live off it and ride out the rest of our days. So that is building wealth. Now, that is important. But for those who don't know, when you invest in the markets, generally the stated return is that you can get 10% a year. I mean, we have to be very careful about that. We have to be very careful about just dishing out knowledge like that because not everybody can do that. We need a little bit of knowledge in order to execute what I've just described. But let's assume that the average return we get is 10% a year, which is fairly representative. Then even when we're generally contributing throughout our life, it takes a long time to get to that point where we've built our wealth, that we have enough money. So have you ever wondered when you walk down the street and you meet Joe Bloggs and you ask Joe Bloggs and say, hey, Joe, when do you expect to retire? Then that person, most people will probably shrug their shoulders and say, I don't know, 65 55, if I'm lucky, where do those numbers actually come from? Okay, why is it 65? and Why is it 55? We tend not to really think about these things. But realistically, where those stated figures come from is that they are culturally, they have been culturally placed in our society and disseminated amongst the members of our society. Because typically, when you appreciate your wealth using the build wealth method, which is what an advisor will do which is what someone with an education on financial finance will do typically it takes about 30 20 30 40 years to get to that point 20 if you're lucky realistically about 30 40 by the time you spend 30 to 40 years investing you're going to be 65 or 55 so the reason why that figure is embedded in our society is because it's representative of how long it typically takes that process to occur That's the only reason wherever that comes from. And by the way, the only difference between getting someone else to do it and doing it yourself is that you can probably make that that retirement date sooner, but not by a huge amount, typically like five to 10 years. It'll happen faster. And also when that date does happen, if you leave your capital in the markets, it'll grow at a quicker rate, therefore giving you more of a buffer in terms of extra money to play with should you need it for a rainy day. However, that's the only real advantage of learning how to build your own wealth. It's just that it makes that financial freedom date sooner, but it's still going to take like 30, 40 years. Be with me. Now, I'm not saying don't do that. It's a very important thing to do. We just have to accept the downside to that. little bit of a somber story, but I personally know someone whose dad spent his whole life working, working, working 60, 70 hours a week to get to the point where he could retire early. He sacrificed relationships with his kids and his family in order to spend more time working and his logic was that actually when i get to that point that i've retired i'm going to be able to give you guys more time back so here's the thing he retired early by society standards at 57 so what happened he retired early and then guess what This is the somber part. He was happy for a while. Two weeks later, he found out he had a terminal illness. They said the prognosis was five years. Two weeks after that, he was dead. So that is the sort of thing that can happen when we purely rely on the build wealth method because effectively, we're delaying financial freedom to a point in the future. And we can have all the statistical analysis in the whole wide world Okay, we can have all the statistical analysis in the whole wide world, but still at the same time we have no idea what's around the corner. Now I'm not being a being. I'm not on this podcast to say that we shouldn't do that. I still think we should do that because here's the thing: you might love your job, you might absolutely adore it, you might want to spend seven days a week in your job, and if that's the case, that is cool. Or six days, or five days, or whatever. Yeah, and that's totally fine. My main message is that just be happy because far too many of us accept a job that we that, that we don't enjoy because we think that when we wait 20 30 years you're going to be retired but that's a huge amount of time to compromise on that's like compromising on 30 years of our life to get to the point where we can hopefully be happy right but here's the thing will that happiness ever come it's not a guarantee that is my simple 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 message Remember, money mindset. This is just taking things and flipping them on its head so everybody can see it in a different way. So that's build wealth. Build wealth we've done to death. We should do some building of our wealth. Everyone should be able to understand that process because it is important, okay? But here's the thing. If we only talk about investing, if we only talk about taking our money and sticking it in our ices and whatever, sticking it in our pensions, then actually there's a whole sphere There's a whole side of the sphere. There's a whole half of the sphere that we're not acknowledging. And that is creating wealth. How do we actually make more money? Because just to go back to what I was saying earlier, when we are able to make more money, every single additional pound that we make that gets closer to that 50 million a year sum means we can have more freedom, not in 20 years, not in 30 years, but today, right? We can actually have an extra day off every week for the rest of our life. Right. And what that means is there's no delayed. There's no, there's, there's no reason to delay freedom. We can have more freedom today. Now I get the ultimate outcome in that process is to be able to spend no time and earn a ton of money. Right. And here's the thing realistically, there always, there usually is some level of effort. Okay. But the idea is that we reduce the level of effort we need as much as possible and increase the amount of money we're able to generate from that effort. And what it means is that we, are able to get the same outcome, the same output in terms of remuneration and spend less time doing it. How do we actually make more money? That's what I'm talking about. So if we even take some of our energy and put it into creating more wealth, which is the other side of the sphere, then what it means is it has this huge advantage, okay? In that we can have more freedom today. We can begin to reduce how much time we spend in work. And even though we're spending less time in work, we're actually generating more money. And that might sound crazy, but that is totally possible, especially in dentistry, where we have a little bit of fluidity to play with, with our income, okay? It's what we have to do is we have to figure out the ways that we can get more output for every unit of input, as in earn more money per unit hour and still maintain all the things that we're ethically and morally obliged to do in our job as a dentist. And people might be thinking, but what? That can't be right. It is. It's mindset. It's mindset. And here's the thing, if we don't think it's possible, we'll never look for the ways to make it possible because our brain, our chimp brain, tries so hard to prove us correct every single day. And whatever our conclusion is, our brain will subtly try to prove us correct by, by either A, taking actions consciously or subconsciously to manifest that reality, or two, choosing to only accept and acknowledge the information which is aligned with that internal thesis and blanking out the rest, okay? And between those two things, I promise you, whatever your internal belief system is, it'll be recreated in your reality. And that applies to anything. The second that you think to yourself, okay, it is possible. I believe that it can, like that can be done. And I believe that I can do it. Then all of a sudden you start looking for the ways that that might be possible. And here's the thing, people might be listening to this and think, well, that's just deluded optimism. And here's the thing. I am the first person to say that, that it might be in some instances. But what I do know is that when you have a positive mindset, at least there's a chance that you can manifest that positive reality, that positive internal reality in your external reality. At least there's a chance that way. And in my opinion, particularly in this subject, there's no such thing as a chance that it could be correct, it is correct. It is 1,000% correct because I've seen it. I've done it. I've seen seen other people who've done it. It's possible, okay? Money mindset is the most important thing. So Build Wealth is cool. Build Wealth is really, really, really cool. But realistically, we're going to spend 20, 30 years of our life getting there. Now, if we love our job, that's fine. If we hate our job, that's not so fine because it's a huge risk to take. Wouldn't we be better off thinking about the ways we can generate more money First of all, within dentistry, even if we don't like it, because what it means is if we can go from working five days a week to four days a week and having the same amount of money, then doesn't that mean we got an extra day a week to put into another activity or hobby, which will allow us to gain some skill or ability at that particular hobby. So what it means is that we can begin to create some sort of side gig or passive income around that other activity that we do. It's very simple. Time into something means that we get more skill at it. We get more abilities at it. When you gain wisdom, knowledge, skill and abilities, then what you can do potentially as a side gig is teach that to someone else or even just spend your time learning how to do a side gig. They're out there. There are things that you can create. And what have you just done? You've just reduced your dependence on dentistry. But. It all starts with that first step. And what's the thing that holds people back? And what's the thing, generally speaking, in my opinion, that holds people back massively? That is their comfort zone. Comfort zones are a weird thing because how it feels to each and every one of us is when we do something different, kind of feel scared, right? Now, our brain is deliberately programmed to do that. We have been naturally selected for millennia to not take risks. And why is that? It's because the people who took risks, the human beings who took risks way back in the day were also the human beings that had a less, a, a lower chance of survival, okay? They ventured outside of the cave and they maybe got eaten or they maybe fell off a cliff or somehow they perished, okay? It's the people who stayed in the cave where the food was, where the warmth was that more, like, more than likely survived, okay? Now, once upon a time, We were selectively bred for that trait. That was thousands of years ago. Nowadays, really, realistically, we don't have to worry about wild animals so much anymore. We don't have to worry about venturing outside of the cave to explore and running out of food. There's a Tesco on every street corner. These are not issues. These are not things that we have to think about so much anymore. Yet, that, that sentiment remains, that evolutionary bias remains. But here's the thing. When you can all of a sudden... Elevate yourself beyond that and be able to look at that emotion from the top down and see it what it is and realize your brain is not set up for you to succeed. Your brain is set up to keep you alive. And does that sentiment actually apply in the modern era? Not nearly as much as what it once did. Then what it means is you've just enhanced your mindset, you've just developed your ability to be able to see things from up top rather than being immersed in the midst of it. And when you elevate yourself like that, I truly believe that is massively conducive to success. So, What are the fundamental skills that you can build in order to be able to create more wealth? Let's use that lexicon that we just established. Well, Remember, the whole premise of being able to create more wealth is we have to be able to bust outside of that comfort zone. It should feel unnatural. It should feel strange because we're learning skills, which are human brain, is so reluctant for us to learn because it wants us to be safe, it doesn't like the unknown, it wants us to stay where we are, If it does feel familiar to us, that's probably a sign it's too easy. We have to accept that we're able to bust out of that illusion that we're remaining within comfort. Because here's the thing, comfort is the one thing that's going to keep us on that path for a long, long, long time. And do we actually want to stay on it is another question. So we got to accept that it's going to feel different and it's going to feel weird. If anything, it's a good thing that it feels different and weird. That's exactly the place that we should go. So what are the skills that will allow us to be able to create more wealth. But I think Warren Buffett absolutely flipping nails it when he says that the two greatest skills that any human being can have are speaking and selling. How do we relate that to dentistry? Most of us dentists give our patients an unbelievable level of value, like the preps that we do, the fillings that we do, etc., etc., etc. Okay? Now, the process of capitalism is that you want to be able to reclaim as much of that value as you possibly can. So... What it means is you can reinvest more in yourself or you can give the patient even more value because they've invested a higher level and you can give them more time, use better materials, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The illusion that we're saving them time, effort, money, all of those things, and we're doing a better job by asking them to invest at the lowest level we possibly can is actually not true at all. It makes things harder. It means that we can spend less time with the patient. It means we can use less Less materials. It means we can use materials that aren't as good as well. Then what it means is that we're not able to serve them to the level that we want to. There has to be, there has to be a lower limit in there somewhere. There's two ways to make your product the best value. One is to reduce the cost to an absolute minimum. That is a race that no one wants to win. Or the other is just to give someone so much value that no matter what level you ask them to invest at, they will always, 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 always see it as something that's good value. I had surgery on my knee about 3 years ago and I thought and and it it went well and I was really happy and I got it on the NHS and I was flipping over the moon, okay? Because I was really lucky I got this amazing surgeon. But here's uh here's here's a here's a quick story, a quick analogy that I'd like to tell everybody which will get you to see things in a different way. Let's imagine that I had that surgery privately. Now I'm told that that specific knee operation is worth fifteen thousand pounds privately. Okay, so let's imagine that three years later, I have I have the surgery privately, pay fifteen thousand pounds. Three years later, I get a phone call from the surgeon today, tomorrow, whatever. Surgeon says to me, "Hey, James, you know that operation that you had on your knee? Well, turns out that we weren't able to quite use the right materials to be able to do a good job." was going to mean that it would have lasted the whole of your life so what we're now going to have to do is we're going to have to go back into your knee we're going to have to operate on it again we need to do that soon so I say to them okay well it's not really what I wanted to hear I guess Uh, it's a little upsetting but we got to do what we got to do how was it that we weren't able to use the right materials Surgeon says to me, well, James, if only you would have paid us 17,000 pounds, just a little bit more, like 10% more ish, just a little over 10%. Then what it would have meant was that we would have been able to operate on your knee and it would have been able to last forever. However, at the time, we only offered you 15,000 because we didn't think you'd be interested in the 17,000 offer. Now, let's just pause there for two seconds. Imagine how I'm going to feel in that moment. I'm going to say to the surgeon, I would have rather that you just made the executive decision to charge me 17,000. I don't even want to know about the 15,000 pounds option. 17,000 is way better. It's going to last me way longer. I would have rather you just told me the operation was 17,000. Real quick guys, I've put together a special report for dentists entitled the seven costly and potentially disastrous mistakes that dentists make whenever it comes to their finances. Most of the time, dentists are going through these issues and they don't even necessarily realize that they're happening until they have their eyes opened. And that is the purpose of this report. You can go ahead and receive your free report by heading on over to wwwdentistinvestcom forward slash podcast report. Or alternatively, you can download it using the link in the description. This report details these seven most common issues. However, most importantly, it also shows you how to fix them. I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Now, let's take that to dentistry. Imagine this, the patient is having surgery on their teeth, just like I had surgery on my knee, right? Wouldn't the patient rather that we asked them to invest at a slightly higher level, give them a better job, give them something that was gonna last longer, okay? And what that meant was that they had a better outcome for maybe like 10% more fee, something like that. I'm just pulling that out of the air. It doesn't have to be 10%. What I'm saying is that the mindset that we have, where it's a race to the bottom to charge the least that we can, is actually the thing that usually gives the patient not even what they want in the first place. Remember, mindset. One of the greatest things that you can use to flip how you see the world. It's absolutely huge. And that was one of the best things that I ever learned or realized whenever it came to speaking and the process of selling. The selling is serving. And when you can serve someone to an amazing standard, then all you need to be able to do is get them to see the value. Sales is just describing the value of how good you really are. You can be the best dental, sen- dental surgeon in the whole wide world, However, if we don't have the skills and language and ability to be able to explain how good we are in the language the patient understands, because remember, they're not going to be impressed whenever we say that we, that we spend two hours on a root canal, we use X, Y, and Z file, we use X strength of hypochlorite, we obturate it in a certain way, we, do, we have rotary instruments, we have all of these things. They don't know what that means. What they'd rather know is that we're able to deliver, that we're able to promise them that realistically that they're going to be out of pain, by the end of this operation that they're going to be, that it's going to be carried out in total comfort. It's going to be carried out in such a way that they're going to. What the patient would rather know is that this will mean that their tooth is now got the greatest chance of becoming healthy and remaining healthy. And when you pitch it like that, they're way, 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 way more excited to come on that journey with you. They want to know not all the details, which is how we normally try to sell. However, the outcome. The outcome is the best way. And what it means is you can use that to generate more money. And remember, the whole point is that we're generating more wealth in the here and now so that we can create more wealth and therefore have more freedom today, not in 30 years, because otherwise we're going to be waiting for it for a long time. We do like the rich understand that the not-so-rich don't. Well, first and foremost, the primary thing is leverage. So what is leverage? Leverage is maximizing how much output we obtain via a system for every given unit of input. So let's say in a system, we input one hour of our time and the output is money as in how much we earn. What we want to do is we want to create a system, the part in between, that's got the biggest effect that magnifies that input by the greatest amount to obtain the biggest amount of output. So we need to work on our leverage. We need to work on our lever. The lever is the thing that means for every unit of effort, we get much more result. So what are examples of leverage? Well, actually there's three fundamental ways that you can leverage your time. What are those three ways? When you understand these, what this means is you can begin to focus on them. You can focus on obtaining them and therefore you can focus on building your lever. So like I say, just like with any lever, you come along, You push the end, the longer the lever, if anybody remembers Newton's laws of motions, the longer the lever, then what it means is the less effort is required to move the object at the other side of the lever. So you want to build that lever. You want the lever to be as big as possible. There's a saying that I absolutely love, and I think it's by Archimedes. I think it's by Archimedes, but I could be wrong. Um, It was definitely one of those Greek philosophers. And the saying goes along the lines of, give me a lever long enough and I shall move the world. So this philosopher, this Greek philosopher, he didn't try to move the world. He didn't go straight up to the world and try to push it, this flipping huge immovable object. What he did was he spent time building his lever as in increasing his leverage. And then he came along when he wanted to move the world. It was just this tiny little bit of effort, doink, like that. And the whole thing flipping shifted. And that's what we need to do as dentists, not just as dentists but as human beings so that we can get the greatest impact for every unit of time but how do we do that i just touched upon it two seconds ago here's the three fundamental ways that you can do it number one is human leverage so if you hire people they will work for you if you hire 10 people to go and dig a hole in your back garden you won't just dig a hole at the rate of one person per hour you'll dig a hole at the rate of 10 people per hour but this applies to everything this applies to every single thing in the flipping universe if you hire other people they'll do it for you but here's the thing you have to have money in the first place and you have to have a purpose or objective for those people that they can put their effort into which you mightn't always have at least at the start second way is cash when you have a ton of cash you can invest it and it's going to grow perpetually you have to of course know what you're doing However, when it does grow, what it means is you don't have to necessarily put in any input or certainly at least, or certainly a lot less input than you once did to earn the cash in the first place. What that means is the cash is now working for you. However, you've probably already guessed that the downside to this type of leverage is that you actually need some t- some cash in the first place. And the more the better. A little bit of cash is not really gonna do much. A lot of cash is gonna help. It's gonna help that process accelerate what is the third way that you can you can obtain leverage? The third way, you've got to use machines, okay? So what are the machines that we can use? Well, a machine doesn't always have to be, the sense, in a sense, a mechanical machine. It can be a computer as well. So let's say, for example, we have a car. Then what it means is if we want to get from point A to point B, normally the input that we would have to, Undertake is walking from point A to point B. A car will get us there faster, therefore, it's leveraged. The amount of effort we put in gets a much greater result, gets us there much quicker. That's one example. What about a factory? What about a machine in a factory that produces something? It's exactly the same thing. Here's where it gets a little more abstract. What about when you've got a following? Again, it's a type of machine. However, it takes exactly the same amount of effort to be able to increase to be able to obtain, sorry, it takes exactly the the same amount of effort to be able to post to one follower versus posting to 10,000 followers versus posting to a million followers. So when we grow a following, that becomes leverage. And what it means is more people know about our products or services. Of course, our skills are a part of leverage as well. Of course, the ability to speak and sell. Those are two skills. The better we are at them, the more we get per unit of effort. So are our abilities as a dentist. The more complex a procedure we're able to undertake, then the more skill is required to do so, do so. And therefore, per every unit time, we get more out. It comes back to what we were saying just a minute ago, speaking and selling two of those ways that you can increase your leverage, increase your skill, increase your abilities. These are all important things, right? But here's the thing. When you know that you want to become the person who has more leverage and you know the three fundamental places to look, it either is human, hiring other people, it's cash, or is using machines and skills. Those are the three fundamental ways you automatically know where to look when you want to be able to create more wealth, Remember, in order to create more wealth, you have to be able to put some conscious time and effort in to one of those three areas. But when you do build the lever, what it means is it takes way less effort to t- earn more money, which when we go back to our original model, create wealth versus build wealth, we'll understand that create wealth is a thing that's gonna mean that we can accelerate our ability to generate financial freedom. We're gonna accelerate the point at which we obtain financial freedom. Pull it forwards from the future closer to today, the sooner the better. And then what that means for you is you're able to live a life that you want today versus some promise of a life that you will obtain 20 to 30 years in the future. It's not easy. It takes time. It takes effort. However, the results are flipping amazing. And when it gets tough, when it gets not easy, just remember that The alternative is that we might have to wait for a long time. Now, if you do want to wait, that's also totally okay. It's totally okay to do that, okay? It's just that not everybody wants to be on that train. Some people want to achieve it sooner. And if you want to achieve it sooner, fundamentally, that is how you go about it.